Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I was just shutting down for the day and I checked my email one last time. Larry sent me notes and Steve, check it out. The pizza oven case is over. The trial is over. I told you about it on Monday. Somebody had a pizza oven in their backyard and neighbors complained and said that the smoke from it was a nuisance. And after doing everything they thought they could do otherwise, they finally just filed a lawsuit and said we're going to sue them and make them stop and say that it is a nuisance. So, of course, a jury would decide that. And a jury now has decided the matter, just not the way that those people would have liked. Cleveland Scene reports that a jury has sided with the backyard pizza oven owners in the lawsuit in Cleveland Heights. Took the jury less than half an hour to come back and decide that the oven on Grandview was not a nuisance. Keep in mind that the jury's got to go back and pick a four-person, probably take a little break, maybe go to the bathroom. So they come back in half an hour. (laughs) It didn't take a lot of angry people to come up to that decision. So Mark Apria writes this. After four days of trial, so it started on Monday, after four days of trial at the Court of Common Pleas, the eight-person jury that decided this case agreed unanimously that the smoke billowing from it did not constitute a nuisance. Billowing, of course, is a term that was used by the people who were complaining, I assume. The 8-0 is an interesting thing. Many places, the civil juries do not have to be unanimous, but here they were. So the big question, of course, I told you before, that the people who own the oven, I'll refer to as Paul and Mary, because that's their names, uh, and the people who sued them are the Joneses, just to keep this straight. So Paul and Mary had the pizza oven, so pizza Paul and Mary, as many people pointed out. And then the Joneses, okay, keeping up with the Joneses. So the question was, did Paul and Mary negligently use the wood-fired pizza oven on the defendant's property? And that was the first question, and the answer is no. The jury came back and said, no, it was not negligent to do so. Now, throughout the trial, the attorneys defending Paul and Mary argued that the other side, the plaintiffs, had failed to prove the pizza oven's smoke could be singled out as a problem as opposed to other grills or smokers. And that's one of the things that many people commented on my video on Monday. They said, Steve, is this the only barbecue or or, or thing that emits smoke in the neighborhood? Is this really the only one? And it might not be. That's always a question. Remember, the plaintiffs have got to prove their case. So they have to prove that, more likely than not, that this is negligence and so on. And so they have, it's, and the burden of proof is on them. So they have to prove that, yes, this is the source that's causing the problem. And if there's a logical question, well, what about other people? You should address that too. So the closing arguments kind of toyed with the underlying theme of the absurdity of the trial. Whether or not the issue all along was really the pizza oven's noxious fumes that threatened the Joneses, or whether there was a a deeper, more personal conundrum at play. And that's something a lot of people latched onto. And I think I even mentioned that in my video, that some people might wonder if, in fact, this is really about the pizza oven, or is there something else going on? And I'm, I'm just letting you know that in my life, I've had neighbors that I had a hard time dealing with. And I didn't think it was my fault. But then again, if you ask them, they'll tell you it wasn't their fault either. But I've also seen fights in neighborhoods and, and the neighborhood I grew up in where my parents, uh, you know, and my, and my brothers and I lived uh, in the 60s. Uh, there were neighbors on that street who were feuding with each other. And I remember talking to one of my neighbors who said, oh, you understand that she will not talk to her, referring to two women across the street next door to each other. 
And I said, really, what's that all about? And she goes, my, my friend goes, I don't know. <laughs> I said, well, did you ever ask? And she goes, yes. They don't know. Literally, if you ask them, why are you two fighting? One of them would actually say, I'm not even sure. I don't know. <laughs> so who knows? But once in a while, things like that can happen. So I'm not saying that happened here. I'm not. I don't know. I wasn't there, as I like to say. But it's always possible that there are things that start out small and spiral out of control. And by the time they're out of control, when you look back at what started it, you go, really? This this little thing sparked into that over there? Really? Okay. Okay. So the attorney for the people who own the pizza oven says, I hope that this provides closure for everyone involved, certainly my clients, but also the Joneses. He said after the verdict this afternoon, this is something that's been going on for almost seven years. I don't see it as winning or losing. I see it as ending something that had gone on for too long. And I've actually, again, not speaking to this case specifically, I've actually handled a case that was extremely acrimonious. The parties before the hearing were, were on the verge of breaking into like a hockey fight in the hallway, okay? And then after the hearing happened, the judge made a ruling. Out in the hallway, I'm talking to my client who starts crying, and she looks over at, at the other side, and someone over there is crying, and next thing I know, they're hugging each other. And I go, wait a second. <laughs> 15 minutes ago, someone was paying me <laughs> to, to have this hearing where these two parties are squabbling. And now that we've got a ruling, they're out in the hallway hugging each other and crying. So you never know. You never know. But I like this attorney's position here because he says... I don't see it as winning or losing. And once in a while, there are no winners. So I don't see it as winning or losing. I see it as ending something that had gone on for too long. So I respect the man. He highlighted the absurdity of even bringing a case over the pizza oven to trial in his closing argument, driving home the point that the plaintiffs provided no other video evidence that the smoke from other neighbors was any more unreasonable than this pizza maker or not. And that's something that I mentioned. In my previous video, I said, if you were tasked with trying this case, you're the attorney, and the people come to you and say, look, my neighbors have got this thing. It emits smoke. It bothers me. It makes us sick. It's horrible. We, I, I want to sue them. You go, okay. That's, that's a potentially viable suit. Now, again, we're basing that on something our client has told us. But you then have to go, okay, how are we going to prove this? Is the smoke so bad that you can see it inside your house, for instance? Because they claim they can smell it inside their house. Can you see it inside your house? Have you ever brought somebody else over and have they ever commented, oh my gosh, I can smell that. What is that? What is that? So you start asking yourself what your proofs would be. How would you get across to a jury that this is not just somebody who's hypersensitive? And you'd have to figure that out because otherwise you get a jury coming back 8-0 against you. So was it reasonable for the Joneses to come into this courtroom and tell you that smoke from the pizza oven invades their home and yet they've shown us not one photo or video of smoke on their property or in their home? So apparently... They didn't do what I suggested they needed to do. Now, of course, my advice came Monday morning, and the trial started Monday morning. 
But I would assume that that's the kind of thing you'd address much earlier. It's possible. It's always possible that you can go into court, your client, if they're extremely believable and credible, they can get on the stand, tell their story, and a jury might look at that and go, wow, I believe every word they say and rule in their favor. That's always a possibility. But it's a dangerous game to play to assume that that'll always work. So as I mentioned, you can find people who can measure these things, okay? And especially if there's some way to photograph it or video it, that would be the ideal thing to do. So this is from the closing arguments made by the defense attorney. Was it reasonable for the Joneses to suggest that the smoke is so bad it forces them out of their homes, and yet the evidence is that they stick around long enough to take photos and videos? And again, I'm not sure which photos and videos they are because they're saying that none of them showed anything. So representing the Joneses were some attorneys who leaned into the potential health threats from the oven. He did bring in testimony from uh, both one of the plaintiffs as well as a doctor at the Cleveland Clinic who testified that chemicals in the fumes could likely be causing heart palpitations for one of the plaintiffs, among other symptoms. Uh, multiply that by 30, the number of times a year that they've alleged that that oven's been fired up, and that would be a legitimate causation, he said. And that's, of course, referring to formaldehyde, which could be in the smoke or chemicals and the fumes from the oven. But the uh, plaintiff's closing argument by the attorney, smoke that causes physical symptoms is serious, we leave the house. We don't want to be exposed. We don't want our eyes to burn. We don't want to cough. We don't want to cough mucus. And here's the thing, and I'm just asking the question, and I didn't see the whole trial, so maybe they did this, but we know the pizza oven is in this yard here, and I believe it's two houses over, but fairly close, two houses over where the plaintiffs live. There are other people in this neighborhood. Did anybody else come in who wasn't a party to this case and testify? Because presumably there's a house in the middle, I believe. And is there somebody in the backyard, for instance, like across the fence in the backyard? And so that's one of those questions that I think that if you didn't bring in people like that, the jury's going to ask that question when they're back there deliberating. How come nobody else is complaining about this? Is it really just these two people? And by the way, is the wind always blowing that way? Are there people who live over here? Where are they? Again, I'm just asking questions. So the plaintiff's attorney asked, what else do you do when you're having smoke in your house? What else do you do when you're having symptoms caused by the smoke that caused you to leave your house? So by 1 o'clock, after the judge had effectively told the defendants they were free to use the oven, the supporters of the couple appeared overwhelmed with emotion. A close friend, a supporter of them for the past seven years, teared up outside the courtroom as she embraced the two of them, uh, the daughter and the sister, and uh, said, just relieved when asked how she felt. Uh, meanwhile, uh, someone else says, I actually never felt the smoke. Recalling family parties where the oven was used, the wind can't be blowing every time. I just didn't notice anything there. Someone else said, even if they did use it 30 times a year, it's not like every one of those 30 times the smoke was billowing into their house. So both sides on this case declined to comment on the verdict after the jury was dismissed as for whether the residents of Grandview Avenue will stop over 
for a slice anytime soon. <laughs> Someone says, well, I think Paul probably won't start using it for a while. But of course, he can because a judge said he can. So it's important to notice that this case is about nuisance, nuisance. And I said that before, that if you do something that just basically violates someone else's rights around you because you're doing something that is not acceptable in a civilized society, then you are possibly creating a nuisance. And so you have a duty, and that's why we talk about negligence. You have a duty to not disturb people. Uh, unreasonably. So, you know, obviously, if you live your life as everyone else does, you might from time to time make some noise. You might occasionally, like I said before, burn leaves or, or, or brush and cause a little smoke. You might fire up a barbecue from time to time, and that might create some smoke also. But as you can imagine, any of those things taken to their extreme, to their extreme, could create a nuisance. So let's say instead of just me occasionally making noise, um, I have a, a, a Fender uh, Telecaster. <laughs> I could have said Stratocaster. We're going to go to the telly. And I got a Marshall stack that would make the Allman Brothers proud. And uh, I occasionally set that up in my backyard, and I, and I plug it in. And I can't play the guitar, by the way. Not one bit. Okay? But occasionally I plug in my telly and my Marshall stack and when I turn that thing on, not just the lights in my house, but the lights up and down the block dim because so much power is being sucked out of the electrical grid by my Marshall stack. And I start hitting that three chord progression that you hear for things like, you know, I don't know, Louie Louie or, or Dirty Water. I'm causing, like, I'm causing windows to shake a block away, okay? You might say, hey. I'm just playing some music. I, <laughs> I'm allowed. I'm in my own backyard. Man's home is his castle. I don't do this every single day, maybe just three or four times a week, right around nighttime, you know. Uh, some people are getting ready for bed, but I'm just, I'm just waking up, okay? So I'm out back. Guitar is out of tune because, again, I don't know anything about music. And I'm clanging away, uh, you know. That's a nuisance, my friends. Now, there are many cities that have specific laws on things like noise, but let's suppose that we're someplace where the police don't care or they've got more important things to do, and I just keep doing that. And, and you live next door to me and you can't get me to stop? Yeah, you file a lawsuit and say it's a nuisance. This guy's got to stop doing that. But guess what? Really easy to prove because you can break out a camera and, 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 and shoot some video of me doing it, you can record it. And by the way, you can ask some of your friends and neighbors and relatives and people who are nearby, do you hear what that idiot's doing with that guitar late at night? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I've been in situations before and I've known people in situations before who said, there's somebody doing something and everyone's aware of it. That's how bad it is. Everybody knows. Guess what? When you go to court on that one, and you have a, a, a string of witnesses who come in. And by the way, you put up a map on the board and say, here's where this guy lives. Here's where I live. Here's where this witness lives. Here's this. Boom, 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 boom. And everyone's complaining. Oh, oh, that might be a nuisance. <laughs> so I'm just giving you an example. But on the other hand, uh, if your you know, kids got a band and they practice in the basement at 3 o'clock in the afternoon once a week, and you can kind of hear it when you're outside, 
but 100 feet away you can't. And some neighbor just doesn't like to hear that rock and roll noise that those kids are making these days. Have you heard that noise? (laughs) That's a different thing altogether. So, again, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But as I pointed out in my original video, if you're going to go to court and ask a jury to believe that this nuisance exists, you're going to need to come in with some kind of evidence to show them that it exists other than just my testimony and my spouse's testimony because we're both the plaintiffs here. And it's like, okay, are there any disinterested people, people who don't have a stake in this? What do they say? Is there anybody out there? And if not, why not? Because jurors will ask those questions, not of you while you're doing case, but back in the jury room when they deliberate. So if they came back unanimously after 30 minutes, that's, that's a fast verdict. So it sounds like they went back there, closed the door and said, who wants to be four-person? Somebody goes, I'll do it. Okay, uh, who here wants to rule in favor of the plaintiffs? Anybody? Okay, who wants to rule in favor of the defendants? Everybody? Okay, where's the paperwork? Let's fill it out. That's how you kill a half an hour in the jury room. I'm not kidding you. So I've tried cases. Just trust me, it's how it works. So Larry, thanks for sending this to me because before this video goes up, I'll now get dozens and dozens and dozens of updates. <laughs> but from Cleveland scene, and again, Mark... Priya wrote this, jury sides with the backyard pizza oven owners in the lawsuit in Cleveland Heights. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Be sure to follow your own advice before dispensing it to others.